If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got three tremendous hours coming up for you as we're hitting it all. We're talking some basketball. We're talking about the NFL wildcard weekend. We're going to be taking a look at some EPL. list goes on and on, so we've got you guys all covered. We're going to be starting in 15 minutes with some NFL as we're going to be joined by two of our favorites as Tom Casale does great work over at Action Network and... Mark Drummeller does great work over at Yahoo Sports. They're going to be joining me. We've got Super Wild Card Weekend going on, and we're going to be previewing that with them. And then in about 45 minutes, Eli Hershkovich, he is the lead writer and analyst over at the Lions. He is going to be joining me to talk a little college basketball. Our number two, we're going to have Justin Perry and Anthony DeBundo joining me. We're going to be talking a little college basketball with them. We're going to be having some fun there. And then we're talking some EPL in our number three with Brad Thomas and Scott Reichel. Along with that, we're going to be talking some NFL with all of them as we've got the wild card games going on. But on top of that, we've got just a really busy time in terms of the sports schedule as well because now things are starting to get into full swing with the NBA. A lot of people always like to say that the NBA season really starts after Christmas. And now we've got... The Denver Nuggets looking very, very shaky right now. So, or I should say the Phoenix Suns looking very, very shaky right now. As they're down to 21 and 22 once they lose this game against the Denver Nuggets, unless they come back down 25 points in the fourth quarter. So, it's not looking so great for them. And 
it just really is the time of year where now you have to try to look for teams that are consistent in other sports because now with the NFL playoffs, it's do or die situations and no question about it. The action is really good, but now there's a more limited amount of slate or limited amount of games in the NFL. So now it's all about trying to be able to find things from other sports. And for me personally, I always think the college basketball is the best way to be able to look at things because while everyone loves the power conferences, while everyone loves these teams that are highly ranked, you're able to go down the list. There's a lot of money to be made in terms of college basketball, just from the, shall we say, smaller teams in college basketball, because out of your top five teams in terms of cover rate in college basketball this year, you've got one team from a power conference, probably not a team that you'd expect, Kansas State. Kansas State has been able to rise up. They're currently 12-4 and four against the spread. If you're looking at the other teams that are in the top five with this regard, Florida Atlantic, NC Central, SIU Edwardsville, and UNC Wilmington, which I always find to be a lot of fun. And it's why one of the biggest mantras on this show is it doesn't matter where the money is, we're going to try to find it for you. Because it's not like I do 57 sports or anything like that, trying to scour the entire globe, trying to look for value. Because if you're trying to do like multiple, like 10 sports or something like that, if you're trying to go way too diverse, typically it's one of those subtraction by addition sort of situations just because you spread yourself too thin when you're trying to track league number seven. It's just like, all right, now you're just leaving everything else to the side. You're spending so much time taking a look at various leagues that a lot of things are going to be slipping through the cracks. That's why we bring guests on like the gentlemen that are going to be joining me in our number three, Scott Rachel along with Brad Thomas. They do a great job looking at things like soccer. I know that Brad does a great job with golf and he's going to be joining me a lot to talk about some golf may help us out with that regard, but I always do think that it is very important to be taking a look at some of these ancillary places to be able to find some money. Everyone has their specialty. You sort of pool your knowledge together and then you're able to find yourself those winners. I do think that that is something that is very important because you're able to find profitable angles in darn near every sport. Like right now, fading the Phoenix Suns is one of the best things that you could do in the NBA. It has been a really rough go of it there. I've been talking about this one quite a while in terms of college basketball, the best live betting angle in college basketball you can get. Just whatever Georgetown does in the first half, you bet the absolute opposite in the second half, and you never, ever have to worry about it. But it's just all about finding consistency, and that's one of the toughest things to be able to do because what we find in darn near every sport is that it is very hard to find consistency. There are some things that... In life, they are very, very consistent, like the Chargers cratering at the end of games. We've been finding it time and time again with them. Talked about it with the Georgetown Hoyas, but that is always the difficulty, and that's why taking a look at things and never going to blind tail slash blind fade mode on so many of these teams is so important. It's the good old mantra, you are not betting teams, you are betting numbers, and every single team should have some sort of a buy point. Every single team should have some sort of a sell point. Now, there are some teams where the buy point slash to sell point, it's just, in your opinion, never going to be on point with the books. And that sometimes happens. Like I was taking a look at for baseball, for example, Cal Quantrill, who was able to win all those games with the Cleveland Guardians this past year. I mean, just betting him in the second half of the season, it was a big giant cash cow. I think that he went like 13 and one in his last 14 regular season starts in terms of just the way that the team was able to do wins and losses wise. And 
I mean, that was absolutely tremendous. We are right now seeing just betting against the Phoenix Suns. That's been really good. And if you're looking for an underrated fade in college basketball as well, everyone in college basketball right now has covered at least three games, except for one team, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, who are currently 1-14 against the spread. That is really, really rough. But, I mean, there's teams that have been relatively consistent, but they're very few and far between, which is always why you want to be doing your little bit of information dive. You want to be taking a look at, all right, how should we be gauging this ordeal? And just taking a look at the spots as well, because I know that a lot of people have algorithms when it comes to sports betting. I know that a lot of people, they sort of have their model that they go off of. My model, the spreadsheet that I put out every single day, every single one of those I do by hand. And the bigger reason why I do do them by hand is to not miss anything that might slip through the cracks, try to be able to gauge the specific circumstance on its own merit as well. Because as I always like to say, every single game is its own living, breathing entity. And we find in so many of these spots where you've got some let up from a lot of these teams and for other teams, you might find a little bit of a motivational spot. Something that I've taken a look at for college basketball for Thursday is that we're going to be having quite a few teams that are going to be going up against their former school, like Northern Kentucky versus UW-Green Bay. On the surface, it sounds like a pretty normal game, but this is going to be a little bit of a fire-up game. I should actually say Wright State versus UW-Green Bay. Northern Kentucky is who they played, I believe, a week or two ago. But in terms of that Wright State versus UW-Green Bay game, you've got a guy by the name of Amari Davis. He was the top scorer for UW-Green Bay a few years ago. He decided that he was going to be leaving the program because... His coach in Link Turner was no longer there. So he decided, you know what, we're going to be going elsewhere. That's a big, giant motivational spot. That's something that you probably do want to be taking note of. There's probably going to be a little bit of added motivation from Mr. Davis. Unfortunately, in college basketball, you're not able to get as many player props because I'm willing to bet that the right state guys are going to be feeding him the ball quite a bit in that circumstance. But always interesting to be able to take a look at something like that. And there's always hidden elements that you're able to find as well because there are some games where it's very hard to be able to come to a side slash a total on. There are games where you might be a little bit stumped, but also keep in mind that the book behind me where I sit, I'm currently at the Circa Resort and Sports Book, they have to put up a number on every single game as well. And while you might be a little bit kerfuffled by the situation, trust me, the the sports books, they always have games where they themselves are probably a little bit confused as well. Like a generic side in total in terms of college basketball is setting the home team as a three-point favorite with the total in that neighborhood about like a 138, 140, depending upon if it's a lower scoring year or higher scoring year. This would probably be one where it's more around a 140 because we've actually now seen overs overtake unders in college basketball for darn near the first time all season long. We've been seeing quite a few overs recently in college basketball. 52.5% of games over the last seven days have been going over the total. So certainly something interesting to take a look at on that front. But just being able to, in those games where it might be a little bit tighter in terms of what you're seeing, try to look for that motivation spot, trying to look to see, all right, is this team in maybe a little bit of a look at is Wright State, who's going to be playing UW-Green Bay, stinks, by the way. I mean, man. Talk about a team that should have never fired their coach. That has really went downhill. But that said, you take a look at a situation like that and you're like, all right, is Wright State the next game going to be playing against like 
some big bomber team in the Ryzen League, the team that's really running things in like a Youngstown State, or are they getting a more moderate opponent in like UW-Milwaukee, good old IUPUI, something of that na nature. And I always think that those are the places where you're really able to find some good angles. And even though you might not have the biggest differential on them, those could be some of your most profitable plays. And I do think that this is very important to take a look at. Also, when it comes to this year as well, or this time of year, I should say, you're obviously finding so many things to bet on, whether that be NBA, college basketball, hockey, starting to just get into those sports a little bit more because college football is completely done. The NFL is in the playoffs, so that is starting to wind down. But while you're taking a look at that, it's never too early to be taking a look at the offseason because obviously the NFL draft is going down as well. In terms of Major League Baseball, the Carlos Correa situation, I mean, man, I'm someone that I love betting baseball and I take notes when it comes to the offseason. It's easier to do, in my opinion, than a lot of these other sports just because with Major League Baseball, you're going to be finding out a lot of these guys when pitchers and catchers do a report. But just taking a look at some of the roster movement, it is very, very wild. And I do think that we're going to be in for a really good baseball season as well. If you're looking for a grinder sport, that is one that I certainly do recommend and always being able to line up sports that they sort of cross, they sort of are just separate from each other like I do college basketball and baseball, something that is very important in my opinion. So that way you are able to keep your focus, something that I was alluding to a bit earlier. And we're focused on the next segment because Mark Drummeller, he does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports and Tom Casali, he does amazing work over at Action Network. They join me to be able to preview this week's NFL wildcard card here on the Great Peter Set Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. That way, you're able to see all the changes in the action, find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets, and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits data for every single game now at VSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Being joined now by Mark Drumheller, who does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports, and Tom Casale, who does great work over at Action Network. Gentlemen, it is always great to have you aboard, and this is going to be a very interesting wildcard weekend. So I'll throw at you the game that... I just am having the toughest time with. I'll see if you guys have a play on this one or not. But that said, I think that we have found the correct number here with the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings game. Vikings are a three-point favorite. Total is anywhere between 48 and 48 and a half. Last time these two teams played, it landed three. If you look at the box score, the Minnesota Vikings, they certainly outgained the Minnesota Vikings and the Vikings and that walk-off field goal. But I do think that this is an interesting spot. Mark, I will throw this to you first. Do you have any sort of play in terms of Giants versus Vikings? Because the way I look at it, if it gets down to two and a half, good play on the Vikings. If this somehow, somebody gets to three and a half, would absolutely love to take the Giants. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm hanging in here with the Giants. Hopefully we can get this to three and a half. I haven't fired yet. Maybe I'm being a little too optimistic, but you just, I can't lay points with this Vikings defense. I mean, this is a team that let up 
you know, 33 points to Matt Ryan in one half in the Colts. And, you know, the defense has just been terrible down the stretch. I don't think they have any answers for that. You know, a couple weeks ago when these two teams played, Daniel Jones threw for like 330 yards. And I know there's a lot of trends out there that talk about, you know, quarterbacks at their playoff debut, all valid, right? But, you know, none of those teams, none of those quarterbacks in their playoff debut are getting the luxury that Daniel Jones is getting with playing this Vikings defense. So um, I think Brian DeBall is going to have him ready to go. Um, you know, I, again, I don't think this is going to be a career game out of Jones, but I think they're going to be able to do enough offensively to stay within this number and possibly win this game outright. I just, you know, when you look at vulnerable favorites, the Vikings jump off the page, and and that's a team that you just kind of have to target as a fade, I feel like, in this wild card round. Yeah, but with the Minnesota Vikings, they have been able to win so many one-score games, and I do think that there's a little bit of credit that needs to be due to the Minnesota Vikings for winning those games. At the same time, we saw with the Raiders, who won so many one-score games last season, and the Vikings have won even more this year. Typically, there is a rude awakening for teams that they win all those one-score games. And, Tom, do you have any sort of a play in terms of Vikings versus Giants as of right now? Because, like I said, I feel like we're on the correct number, and I'm waiting for some sort of a move to be able to see if I'm able to get down on either one of them. Yeah, based on what I've seen, you have a better chance of seeing Bigfoot walk across the yeah. front yard than somebody take the Vikings. Um, you know, everybody I've seen is on the Giants, and I hate to tell you, I'm, I'm no different. Um, the the Vikings, Greg, you're out there in Las Vegas. I, I think odds makers would tell you that the Lions are a better team than the Vikings, and the Lions didn't make the playoffs. It's just you mentioned the Vikings winning all those close games. I remember the week that the Lions were favored over Minnesota. There was a lot of talk on Twitter and odds makers were saying, listen, the Lions are better than the Vikings. Don't look at the win-loss record. So I just, I, I think the Giants can move the ball on them. I think they have the better defense. See, for me, when you, get in, when you get into the playoffs, when you have a defense that gives up so many yards and points like the Vikings, unless you have a Patrick Mahomes, it's very, very dangerous. I think it's going to be a close game. I think you're right. The number is on, but I'm going to go with the underdog here and take the Giants in an upset. Yep, and when the uh, New York Giants as well. I mean, perhaps they could be that team to finally win a one-score game against the Minnesota Vikings because every single time they have been in that circumstance, things have went their way. We're seeing the money start to come in on the Chargers right now. The Chargers, when I was doing the show yesterday, they were one-point favorite. Now we're seeing them between one-and-a-half and, and two-point favorites pretty much across the board. As a matter of fact, here where I sit at Circo, they went to two-and-a-half, which that's a pretty aggressive line move there by Circa. And I will throw this to you first, Mark. Do you have any sort of a lean in terms of Chargers versus uh, Jags? Because with the Jags, I feel like they're the inferior team, but... I can't come to bet on the Chargers in this spot just because Brandon Staley is coaching the Chargers and I want no point part of laying points on the road with them. Yeah, I can understand that. I did bet the Chargers. I bet them at one and a half, but I, I think it's good at two here. You know, the Jags, a tremendous story, you know, win five straight games at the end of the year. And listen, I'm from Philadelphia. Nobody has more respect for Doug Peterson than me. Um, but I, I don't think this coaching advantage is 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 you know, blown up as much as it really is. When I look at these two teams that, you know, they both have young quarterbacks making their playoff debut. Um, I, it really is going to come down to the defense. And that's really where Brandon Staley um, does his best work with this Chargers defense. You've seen them get healthy down the stretch with Bosa back. 
um, you know, really kind of turned it on. Granted, they were playing some weak offenses on the back end of the schedule, but they did hold Tua, you know, before he ran into in that Miami offense, before Tua ran into those concussions. He made them miserable, uh, you know, held Jalen Waddle to like three receptions, I believe, Tua to under 200 yards. So I do believe the Chargers defense is for real, and I think they're going to give Lawrence a lot of problems in this matchup. And I think that's really going to be the difference in the game when you look at these two teams. Herbert, obviously going to be able to get loose on offense against that Jacksonville pass defense. He's got a ton of weapons now with Keenan Allen back. Mike Williams a little bit banged up with the back, but still plenty of options for them to move the ball. But I think the real difference is going to be that secondary for the Chargers. And I think they're going to, uh, you know, run some coverages to really confuse Lawrence here. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game. So uh, I bet Los Angeles, I would, I would play them probably anything under a field goal here. And I'll throw this to you as well, Tom, when it comes to Chargers versus Jags, any sort of a strong lean in this game? Because I do think that the Chargers are the better team. I think that they have more talent. I just can't get behind a team coached by Brandon Staley to lay points on the road with them in such a big game. Yeah, I agree with everything both of you said. I think the Chargers are the better team. I do have hesitance backing Brandon Staley because he kind of evens things out. I do think the Jags are a year ahead of schedule here. They got in in a bad division. I know they're playing pretty well, but I, I do think talent-wise, you look at the Chargers, they're the better team. Now, where Jacksonville can even this game out, I think, is running the football because the Chargers' weakness defensively has been stopping running backs. They average 127 yards against them. Travis ATN is rolling, you know, his props, 76 and a half points, so they're expecting a big game from them. That's how I think Jacksonville can kind of keep this game within reach here. I don't think their defense matches up well with the Chargers. The, the way I look at it is, I think Jacksonville is kind of the Chargers of last year. You know, the Chargers were right there. They were kind of a team building to this season. I think Jacksonville is going to be very good next year. Close game. I do think we'll see some points here, but I have to lean the Chargers, even with the coaching uh, question marks. I just think they have the better roster. And do you want to talk about question marks? Well, the answer to that is Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. The Dallas Cowboys, they come in in less than great form. And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when have they been in good form all year long, perhaps other than week one against the Dallas Cowboys? Right now, we've got the Buccaneers as a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 45-and-a-half. Tom, I'll go back to you on this one. Any sort of a strong lean in this game just because with the Buccaneers, I think that they're the inferior team. But strange things happen when these bad 500-slash-sub-500 teams Get a home playoff game. We saw that with the Seattle Seahawks many years ago. And for Dallas, I mean, I just don't have faith in Dak Prescott not throwing interceptions. Yeah, well, listen, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I already knew that they haven't beaten Tom Brady. Uh, I was there for all of those games, and they were all painful. And I got a feeling he's going to be delivering some more pain to me on Monday night. Uh, listen, to say it as bluntly as I can, the Cowboys are frauds. That's what they are. Their defense isn't any good. It just looks good against bad offensive lines and bad teams. Um, and even now, they're struggling to get pressure on, on bad teams. I just think 
you know, we're still thinking of the Cowboys from midseason when the when the pass rush was all over the place and, and they were running the football well. Keep in mind, watch out for the center's health there. Um, when he went down, they had to shuffle their entire offensive line. Rookie Tyler Smith's done great at left tackle. He's been struggling inside at guard where they moved him with that injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. I think this is going to be very similar to the first game. Kind of low scoring. I think Dak makes a mistake, Brady makes a play, and unfortunately, I think Tampa Bay moves on. And then I will, we've got about 45 seconds, we'll throw this to you as well, Mark. Any sort of play on Cowboys versus Buccaneers? Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, I would lean towards Tampa, but, you know, they, they haven't given us a lot of confidence during the year, done nothing but lose money for everybody who's backed them. And we've been waiting for them to come around. And, you know, it, it very well could happen against Dallas on Monday night. Um, I, I think that Dallas really, you know, underwhelms in this spot, you know, on the road, a big game, you know, with Mike McCarthy on the sidelines. It's just tough team to back. I think Tampa will be able to score in this one. So I'd probably lean with the Bucks. Yeah, but I don't blame you there. And I mean, man, being someone from the great city of Wisconsin, I know all too well about Mike McCarthy and him not being able to get the job done, but two men that get the job done. Tom Casale over at Action Network and Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sports coming up next. Continuing to take a look at the NFL wildcard games and a few games for Thursday in college basketball next on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. The segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products have either become too complicated or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you at Zen.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. And warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Vsin the Sports Bank Network. Great to be rejoined by Mark Drummeller over at Yahoo Sports and Tom Casale of Action Network. Guys, Let's take a look at the biggest mysteries on the board. And that's the quarterback situations of the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Have, both lines have moved against the underdog, the uh, Miami Dolphins. They were starting to get a little bit of steam when I was on the show yesterday. Now they are a 12.5-point underdog. And with the Baltimore Ravens, they are now 8.5-point underdogs. And it's not good for either of the starters probably going in this game. And, Tom, I'll throw this at you first. Would you be inclined to take either of these underdogs in the Miami Dolphins or the Baltimore Ravens because both have big-time question marks, and I quite frankly don't think that either of the normal starters are going to be going in this game. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough here. You know, I know a lot of smarter people are taking the Ravens. I don't see it. I think the Bengals are the best team in football right now. I, I think if it wasn't for the tragedy that happened, I think they were going to beat Buffalo rather easily. Uh, I, I love the way they're playing. I thought the Bengals toyed with the Ravens last week. They knew they were going to face them again. They kind of took their foot off the brake. Uh, you know, listen, Anthony Brown wasn't that good in college. Now, now he's why he's supposed to come in the NFL and, and beat a good team. And listen, Joe Burrow is ice cold, man. So I, I think they win easily. Then you look at the other side. I just, 
I can't find a way to take the Dolphins. You're down to a third-string quarterback. You're playing a Bills team that's got a lot of emotion. You know, they didn't even practice last week. So now they got a week of practice in here. My favorite play of the week, though, is in that game. I like James Cook over 36 and a half rushing yards. You know, he's been getting more carries at the end of the season. Plus, if they have a lead, he's going to get a lot of touches in the second half. So I think that number is a little low. But as much as I would like to take a dog here, I just can't go with either one of those two teams. Yeah, I don't blame you there. And Tom or Mark, do you have any sort of a lean to either of these two underdogs or is it a little bit of a chalk lean? Because something that I've noticed in the playoffs is that while the double digit underdogs have done really well in the regular season, postseason has not been so kind to them. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo might only need 14 points to cover this one if Skylar (laughs) Thompson is going to be quarterback. So, I mean. You really can't back my the offense just looked abysmal. I mean, it was, you know, they, they were getting pressure. The Jets were getting pressure. They were all over Thompson. He's just kind of throwing the ball up. So um, really no confidence there. I, you know, I think the Bills run away with this one. Um, you know, you see this a lot now that we've moved to like the seventh, you know, team in the playoffs is that, you know, they're really not. They haven't been competitive, you know, in the in this first round. So it's nice that we get the extra team in there, but um, they're having a hard time covering these big spreads. And I think Miami is going to kind of fit right in that mold. Um, you know, when we look at that other game, uh, you know, with the Bengals and the Ravens, I think it's sort of the same thing. Like, you just can't like what's coming out of Baltimore. You know, Lamar Jackson not being able to go, you know, their whole future's in flux with him. You know, a lot of people are thinking that they're reading the tea leaves, that he's not going to be back. They're going to franchise him. He's going to be unha- uh, unhappy. It's just a lot going on in Baltimore. And, you know, again, you know, Bengals went out there and sizzled them for 24 points in the first half last week. They sat some players on offense, but that was their starters on defense. Roquan Smith, who got all that money, he was out there, you know, chasing around, watching the Bengals go in the end zone. So, you know, I, I think they have a lot of trouble, you know, their secondary defending number one and number two receivers is on the boundary. And, you know, I think T. Higgins and, you know, Jamar Chase especially is going to eat up that defense again. Um, you know, I, I think the Bengals win this one in a route. Like, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be close you know now that we're getting up around eight and a half like i bet it at seven now we're getting up eight and a half it keeps moving and we get closer to 10 like maybe you play some ravens at that point but um i don't expect either of these games to be competitive just because of how bad the opposing uh offenses are going to be yeah no question about it. it is a relatively rough situation there i agree with you i just think that it's really tough to be able to trust in either of these underdogs. If we be able to get perhaps Tyler Hundley for the Baltimore Ravens, I might be inclined to be able to take a look there. But you mentioned it, Mr. Brown, not necessarily the world's greatest backup. And it looks like Hundley's pretty banged up as well. Lamar Jackson, that's just a really sad situation. I think that we're going to be seeing in the offseason one of those, oh, Lamar Jackson was playing with X injury and didn't tell anyone at all. And Or you could be seeing the good old franchise tag. There's a lot there, so... Yeah, it's relatively rough. What is not rough, though, is the fact that now we've got a full slate of college basketball for Thursday to be able to take a look at as well. And, Mark, you're starting to dip your toe into college basketball. We absolutely love it. So let's take a look at one of the marquee games that we're going to be seeing on Thursday between Michigan and Iowa. Iowa, the home team, between a four and a four and a half point favorite. Total is anywhere between 154 and a half and 155. Iowa was really looking bad towards Christmas time, but they've righted the ship. Without Patrick McCaffrey, they go on the road and they get the job done against Rutgers, which has been a house of horrors for most 
out in the Big Ten. So a very good win there. Michigan, they've actually been able to do a better job on defense. They're coming off of a 53-point clunker against Michigan State, though. Where do you lean on this game? One of the most interesting ones that you're going to find in the Big Ten. Yeah, I faded Michigan against Michigan State, and I think I'm going to go back and fade them again here. I just think this is a tough spot for them. You know, you look at these two teams, Michigan playing a little bit better on defense, but I, neither of these teams really strong defensively. So, um, you know, you almost wonder if they're just going to clear out the court and just let Murray play Dickinson one-on-one here. Uh, you know, Murray coming off, he had two th- back-to-back uh, back 30 point games and then you know slowed down got 17 against Rutgers but obviously a strong defensive team there they got the win um, so I, I just think that the issue with Michigan and what I see is it's almost like they're all standing around watching Dickinson waiting for him to do it all you know if, if Michigan can get Iowa's bigs in foul trouble early um, I think that gives them a better chance here but being on the road um, I like the Hawkeyes laying the points and I'll throw this to you to you, Tom, as well, because I do think that this is a really interesting spot in for Iowa. I do think that having out of the full Patrick McCaffrey does hurt them a little bit because having to go up against Hunter Dickinson, it is going to be tough. Ultimately, I do think that Iowa is going to be able to get the job done at Carver Hawkeye Arena, but as this gets up to four, four and a half, I think it might be starting to become a little bit too lofty. Yeah, I agree. You know, you're talking to a man who's never won a Michigan sporting event in his life. So, the you know, that is, that's why T, that's why we got to watch TCU get slaughtered in the championship game. I had Michigan. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is, is right around where it should be, three and a half, four points. You get up to four and a half, it's getting a little up there. Uh, but, you know, Michigan's a tough team to read. The They have some talent, but they don't always play well. They play sloppy. And when Iowa's hitting their shots, they're really tough to beat at home. So, uh, yeah, my lean goes to Iowa here. With Iowa, certainly has a really good home court advantage as well. So that's something that you always need to factor in when it comes to Big Ten basketball. And, Mark, I know that we're on the same side in this one. And as we've been doing this segment, it's been moving because USC opened up a two-and-a-half-point favorite across the board literally 10 minutes ago. It was two and a half. Now we're seeing it jump to three and a half in most books where I said at circa as four. And I think at four, it's getting to a point of no return. I could still get behind a three and a half though with USC against Colorado. What made you go with USC in this spot? Because I really do like this USC team and I think that they're starting to gel. Yeah, a little bit of value play here, right? They're coming off two losses, but they look really good against UCLA. Lost a heartbreaker there, kind of gave it up. Um, and then you have Colorado coming off two wins, right? They, you know, look, blew out um, Oregon State. But in that game, shot only around 40% from the floor, uh, you know, forced a ton of turnovers. I think it was 19 turnovers in that game. So, um, you know, I think we're getting some value you know, just with USC coming off two losses, but still kind of playing, you know, well. I think we'll see some positive regression. Uh, you know, last two games uh, during those losses, they shot under 20% from three-point range. So I think that's going to be much better at home uh, here against Colorado. You know, uh, they'll have to, you know, Morgan's going to have to step up against the Silva down low. They can't let him crush him in the post. But, you know, I think at home, I like USC here to kind of bounce back and uh, get back on the winning track. And Tom, I think that you've got a little bit of a play on this one in terms of USC versus Colorado. Is it going to become a family play here on USC? Yeah, I like USC with a two and a half. This is an interesting game because Colorado is a team I want to watch as the season goes on. I thought they might start the year off slowly, but I do think they're talented. So if they can go in here and beat USC, that's going to be a team I'm going to want to look at right in here. 
the problem I have here with Colorado is they do most of their scoring inside the three-point line. USC, number two in the country, uh, defending inside the three-point line. They're really hard to score against in the paint, and I think that's where the game is won here. So uh, I like the Trojans at three or under, not uh, over three. Now we're getting a little high. Yep, I do agree with you. I do think that the line move, especially where I sit at Circa now, it's at four. That's really, for me, the point of no return. But always great to be able to get Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sports and Tom Casali of Action Network aboard. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you. Always good to have them aboard. And coming up next, we keep the college basketball chatter rolling as Eli Hershkovich over there at the Lions, he joins me next on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines on and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience of Eason, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Eli Hershkovich. He is one of the main writers and main analysts over there at the lines. And Eli, it is always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Good to talk college troops with you. Pumped to talk some NFL too, Greg. Always good to be on Beeson with you, man. It's always great to have you aboard. And Eli, something that we have discovered through taking a look at college basketball, not only is the Big 12 the best conference at all of college basketball, it is by far. <laughs> The best conference in all of college basketball. I thought it was going to be the best conference, but I didn't know it was going to be by this much of a country mile. And I know that you've been taking quite a bit of a look at Texas. They were able to avoid the outright upset against TCU, but if you took TCU six, six and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood, were able to get there or there. But what did you make out of that game? Because I know that you've been taking a look at Texas a little bit in the futures market. Yeah, I have a Texas future going back to the preseason, going back to the start of the college basketball season. And a lot hinges on how they adjust without Chris Beard. And we saw Texas give up under a point per possession to TCU in the second half. Mike Miles, one of the more prolific scorers in the country, held the six points. And that was a credit to Sir Jabari Rice, who was tremendous offensively, especially in transition and his ability to get to the basket when Texas's half-court offense was a bit stagnant. But again, his defense on Miles was, Miles was huge. And this Texas defense, believe it or not, Greg, you mentioned how loaded this conference is being the best conference in the country. Texas has the second worst defensive efficiency, even with that second half performance, even with that being said in the conference overall. So it speaks to the overall body of work to this big 12 conference. I like Texas's long-term outlook, considering what I saw from them in the second half Timmy Allen also had a nice game offensively. Marcus Carr with a huge three in the final couple minutes, but Still need to see a bit more from them defensively long-term before I start to believe in that futures bet again. Yep, I do think that for Texas, it's just such a difficult road for them because none of us saw the Chris Beard situation happening. A very, very sad and unfortunate one as well, but that leaves them with, I mean, Rodney Terry is coached for Fresno State. He's coached for UTEP. He's got experience with some relatively solid programs. He's never been quite in a situation like this as well, so... It is going to be one that is going to be difficult for Texas to navigate through, but we both know this. They've got a ton of talent, and certainly it is going to be interesting to take a look at the Big 12 because with 10 teams, in my opinion, they're in the top 50 in all of college basketball. Someone needs to lose (laughs) games in that conference, unfortunately. So that is going to be one to gauge. And 
Someone needs to lose games in the Big Ten as well. It's a conference that it feels like you've got a lot of evenly matched teams out there with Purdue being your number one team as of right now, in my opinion. But Michigan and Iowa, they're looking to build some upward momentum. Iowa's between a four to four and a half point favorite, depending upon where you look with a total of 154 and a half. Where do you stand on this game? Because with having Patrick McCaffrey out of the fold, it does make it a little bit more difficult for Iowa, but they're coming off of a absolutely massive win in a tough place to win at Rutgers, Iraq, and you got a Michigan team that they put up a 53-point clunker against Michigan State, but honestly, their defense has been a little bit better since that embarrassment against Central Michigan. Yeah, no, that's a good starting point, Greg, and it's still going to be a tough test against an Iowa offense that you mentioned doesn't have one of the two McCaffrey brothers, or I guess there are more still on the way for Fran McCaffrey at this <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes program. There's like, like 37 of them. <laughs> exactly. We saw it against Maryland going back to, I want to say, a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half ago. Michigan started to switch some defenses, mix in some matchup zone, which we really didn't see over the first, what, half of this season under Juwan Howard in his third or fourth season with the program. So the big factor, though, for me, if Michigan can hang around in this game, is hitting outside shots and hitting jump shots and really playing off of Hunter Dickinson down low because this Iowa defense doesn't have a true post-up big that can defend Dickinson, and we saw that be a major problem, especially in that second matchup when Michigan went to Iowa last season and won outright as pretty, I want to say, one to two possession underdogs. So if Michigan can hit shots, which they didn't do against Michigan State, that set basketball back on both ends of the floor. Michigan State's offense and Michigan, going back to that Saturday matchup, set basketball back a long ways. If Michigan's hitting shots, then if Jet Howard's hitting jump shots, outside shots consistently, then I think Michigan can hang around in this game. But Iowa, again, matches up well offensively at that end of the floor, too, if they're able to get the kind of effort that we've seen from Chris Murray. And also getting some offense from Peyton Sanford off the bench has been big for them with one of the two McCaffrey brothers, like we mentioned, not playing right now, dealing with that anxiety issue. So total seems right to me. Might end up on Michigan if this line jumps up a bit, but probably staying away as of now. Yep, and with this Michigan versus Iowa game, I think the biggest question as well, can Michigan continue the better defense that we've been seeing out of them as well? Because that'll go a long way in terms of trying to be able to get the job done in this one. And Eli, I know that on top of all of your great college basketball work, you do a great job on the NFL as well. And this is the most confounding line that I am finding on the board. It is Minnesota versus the Giants because the Minnesota numbers, the Minnesota number all year long has been three. It feels like every single one of their wins is coming by three points. They've won all these one-possession games. And as a matter of fact, the last time they played against the Giants, they won by three points. The Giants, they won in terms of really the box score, in terms of final score, which is the most important one. That's where the Minnesota Vikings got the job done. Where do you stand on this one? Because I would love to see the line move one way or the other, down to a two, two and a half. I'd be a little bit more inclined to take a look at the Vikings three and a half all day long. It's the Giants because you know that the Vikings, if they're winning the game, they're winning it by three points and probably not a whole (laughs) lot more. But where do you stand on this one? Yeah, I bet the Giants yesterday at plus three. I don't think we're going to see three and a half. And if we do, then sucks for me. But I, I, I think the Giants are the valuable side here. And I understand that people might say, okay, the adjustment from where it was back in week 16 on Christmas Eve. Giants were four and a half point dogs. Like you mentioned, Greg, they covered in that game and is, or should it be this big of an adjustment down one and a half points, but you factor in what the Giants are getting back defensively. Not only did 
Aziz Ojalari, one of the better edge rushers on this team, alongside Kayvon Thibodeau, played limited snaps. But Giants are also getting two secondary members back, including Adoree Jackson, who has a top 30 coverage grade this season. But then you also factor in, because I'm not going to bore you with the Minnesota one-score results. We've heard it uh, drilled into our brains at this point. But Brian Dable against Ed Donatel is a major mismatch. If you think about Daniel Jones, too, against zone defenses, which he's going to face yet again, the shell zone defense that Ed Donatel runs for the Vikings. So you get the offensive mastermind that is Dable a second time around against Ed Donatel and Jones's ability to dissect zones. I believe he has the second highest passer rating against zone defenses compared to ranking number 25 in his pass rating against man-to-man coverage. And then you also couple that with the Vikings ranking number 21 in the league and opponents rushing success rate. So if the Giants are able to commit a little bit more to the ground, and I do think we'll see Dable adjust in that regard, I think the Giants have a very strong chance to win this game outright, and I think they cover the plus three. Absolutely, and a little bit of a VEASAN pro tip, VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all these here. We'll sort them by show and by sport. Always take a look at previous opponents at strength of schedule going into the postseason as well. That can be very telling, and take a look at just what we've seen in the past as well. We're talking about that Giants versus Vikings game, and the past result, even though the Vikings got the job done by three points, they did not cover, and that was a game in which that the Giants, they certainly did dominate that game in terms of yardage. You're able to go down the list of stats. And then I know that you're a little bit interested by this Ravens versus Bengals game with the Bengals being an eight and a half point favorite. This has moved a little bit because, well, we got all sorts of quarterback questions with the Ravens, both with Lamar Jackson and Tyler Hundley at this point. How do you view this game? Just because I do think that it's very difficult to take a look at it as of right now, just with so much mystery around the Ravens. Yes, but I, I think this Bengals offense, and I think Cincinnati collectively, I've seen it on Twitter, not to call it Twitter cappers. I've had a very <laughs> crappy college basketball run, and I know people are calling me out for that of late, and rightfully so. Uh, handicappers have bad stretches, but I don't necessarily buy Cincinnati making another run to win this conference, to win the AFC, or to win the Super Bowl, for that matter, because I've seen some Bengals Super Bowl bets out there. The Bengals... Offense is sputtering a little bit of late, averaging in their last three games the fourth fewest yards per play across the NFL. And we saw that last week. And I know the total just barely went over. But this Ravens defense, ever since they acquired Roquan Smith, is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I think Tyler Huntley is going to start in this game. So I do wonder if we see even more of a spread adjustment or if it stays around eight, eight and a half. But I'm probably going to back the Ravens in some in some fashion. I don't think Lamar Jackson plays in this game. It seems pretty obvious at this point, but I think they're, uh, the Ravens defense keeps them in it. And Baltimore, even without Gus Edwards, potentially for a second straight week, I think they're able to note the clock here and, and hang around a touchdown, hang around a possession. The track record of John Harbaugh in the playoffs is very good, and the track record of Eli doing great work on this show is also very much noted. A big thanks to him, and coming up next on the Greg Peterson Experience, we take a look at my DK Nation pick for college basketball on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.